Welcome to I Got Back Up, Getting Back Up With. I'm Talia Lazarus, the founder of I Got Back Up, and in August 2021, my life changed. I was in a road accident, which led me to 10 weeks of no walking, knee surgery that September, and then double knee surgery in February 2022. After learning how to walk again in my 20s, my journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. Everybody has a story, and everyone's story is different, but even in the smallest of ways, we can all relate. And as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up, or how, why, and when something happened. We tend not to discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, and the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have the chance to change your story. So come face to face with your fears and step out into the unknown. You don't have to be ruled by those fearful and negative emotions anymore because there is so much beauty and adventure on the other side. You can face all your obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We are stronger together. In her 20s, Mary Maguire met the love of her life. Both working at the same hotel, management gave them an ultimatum. You either split up or one of you has to quit. Why? Because they were two women. Meeting her partner was a life-defining moment for Mary, and no matter how much shame she was made to feel, she wouldn't walk away from love. Being excluded is really difficult. You question everything. If I don't fit in, then where do I fit in? It can be incredibly isolating as you feel all eyes are on you for not conforming or doing acceptable things. But it's not the challenge in life. It's how you get over the challenge that defines us. What is there beyond this challenge that you can get to by growing into it? We're all here to live the fullest expression of who we are and to find our tribe. There are two roads, the one more travelled where we conform to others' expectations to fit in and be understood, or the road less travelled, and the latter can be eye-opening and filled with fulfilling and purposeful possibilities. So on today's episode, I'm with Mary. How are you today? I'm the very best, Talia. It's great to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. So obviously, you know, this is your episode. You're going to take it wherever you want to take it. So, you know, the floor is over to you. Great. Well, it's great to be on your show. Um, and I love what you're about, which is about how how do we look at adversity yeah. in a way that actually helps us. So I have a very strong philosophy around life, which is um, the challenges we face in life are not there to make life difficult. They help, help us grow. Everything we hit and every challenge we we come across is something that is an opportunity for us to grow beyond it. Mm-hmm. So rather than us shying away from challenge and trying to find an easy life with no challenges, which actually would be quite boring, <laughs> it's looking at what what is immediately in front of us and what is that adversity and what is that telling us about an opportunity for us to grow beyond it. Mm-hmm. Now, as you know, I do a number of things. I'm a consultant for corporates. I'm a coach mainly for female leaders but also for um uh, for other leaders and I'm an author and obviously we know about my new book The Inclusion Edge. So that's about how do we build inclusion and belonging in organizations. But one of the things I say is one of the ways we can become more inclusive as a leader, as an individual, as a human being, in terms of the way we are, in terms of showing our humanity to others, is looking at where we've had adversity in our life. So what have been the lived experiences we've had, which have caused us some difficulty that we've had to learn from and reflect on and grow? And the reality is we all have it. You know, there's nobody that has a life which is free from some sort of challenge or adversity. Mm -hmm. That's just not what we're about. It's more about how we learn from that. 
So I share lots of my lived experiences, but perhaps the one that was definitive to me and, you know, there was a number from my childhood, but the one that helped me to grow the most was when I experienced the difficulty of making a decision. I was working in a hotel um, and I was living waitress and um, uh, in with a, a quite a tight staff team and we all got on really well. And then I decided to have a relationship with the chef at that hotel. And um, it was it was quite a life changing decision for me. But what was more interesting was what were all the things that happened that spiraled as a result of that decision? And I was in my early 20s at the time. And uh, what happened was the owners of the hotel, it was a family run hotel. Um, um, they um, spoke to me and they spoke to the chef and said, this relationship is not acceptable. It's undermining this hotel. It's undermining the staff team. And people are feeling very uncomfortable with it. So here's your choice. You either stop the relationship or one or both of you have to leave leave the job. Mm-hmm. And it's not a decision and it's not a conversation that would be happening nowadays. But that was in the 80s when that was not uncommon. And the reason that relationship was not acceptable was because it was between two women. Mm-hmm. Um, so being gay um, and being in a small staff team and a tight staff team was just not acceptable. So we we then had to look at how we actually handled that situation. Yeah. And a whole or a series of other things that actually spiralled out of that. But one of the things that I think helped me was I am very strong. I've got a very strong personality. I've got a very I'm, I've got a very strong stubborn streak, as my mother would <laughs> tell you, or she would have told you. She won't anymore. Um, but a very strong stubborn streak. So rather than you know feeling you know, a victim of all this, mm-hmm. I was outraged. I was outraged that somebody could be like this and could speak to me like this and feel like they had that much power over me. And I remember one of the conversations that happened, and there was many instrumental conversations that happened to me around that time and around that choice. But one of them was with the um, the wife, it was a, a husband and wife couple that owned the hotel, the wife who took me aside and says, look, you don't have to feel um, like you have to have this relationship. You don't have to feel like you, you know, you have to stay in this relationship if it's not healthy for you. And I remember turning around to her and I remember saying, you know, you have, uh, you are not my mother. You have no right to have this conversation with me. I'm an employee and I will make the decisions I choose to make about my life. Thank you very much. And if that means not working for you to to, to maintain the relationship that's right for me, then that's what I will do. And I was 21 at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I look back and I think, God, I had a huge presence of mind in terms of realising that there was lots of people who would want to dictate to me my life terms, who would want to dictate to me what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in terms of the relationship I have, and would also dictate to me what's acceptable and what's not in terms of my employment. And I could have had a choice then. I could have crumbled under it, and it was huge pressure. You know, the staff team became quite split between those who accepted and those who didn't, Um, and also the sense of being judged, being shamed, you know, things not being acceptable, and and having, you know, I was still coming to terms with who I was as a young adult, but coming to terms with how other people judged me. So I look back at it, and I'm enormously thankful that I had such a big challenge so early on because it really did help to define the strength of my character going forward. And there's lots more to the story, but I'm just going to stop there to see where you want to go with that. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I think it's it's interesting because 
you know, in your early 20s, I mean, at any stage of life, it can happen, but especially your late teens, early 20s, mm. you're really figuring yourself out. And, mm. you know, you, you can get confused by a lot of different things. And, and to go through something like that, like you said, at 21, and obviously, you know, not being in today's world, you know, being, you know, years ago, it, it, I can imagine was definitely something that was extremely challenging, because then there you are in your job, there you are, you know, you know, you've, you know, fallen for somebody and you're basically being told, no, it's like, you have to either choose the job, choose the relationship or actually just lose both. Mm. Um, which is crazy to think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy to think. And I understand like, obviously, you know, when you said you were very strong, but kind of, do you feel that it did, it still hit you and it still affected you? Oh, without, attitude, I mean, it was only the start of the road of all the challenges that I was going to face. Um, which is why when I look back at it now, obviously with all of the experience I've got, yeah. I think, gosh, there was something really strong in me. There was some inherent strength in me that really helped carry me through that. Yeah. And I think with all of the interviews that you've had, and I've listened to quite a few of your previous shows, that's what you hear people say is there was yeah. some, um, there was some deeper strength, some deeper yeah. resource they were able to access to carry them through. And I want to look at it and think, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Because it would have been so easier to fall underneath it, feel the shame that other people wanted me to feel that this wasn't acceptable, and then to be dictated the terms by them. And I didn't. I didn't. And I'm enormously thankful because um, myself and my partner, Joy, have just gone through our 35th anniversary. Um, <laughs> And 19, 19 years of actually, no, 16 years, sorry, have been like legally together, yeah. you know, legally acknowledged. But, you know, she was the love of my life and she was the person I was meant to be with. So I'm enormously thankful that I didn't walk away from that, walk away from the love to be compliant with everyone else's expectations about how I should live my life. Yeah. Because it was life defining for me. Yeah. And I think that's that's a key thing that you said there is that, a lot of people do dictate other people's lives or they tell them, no, you shouldn't do this or you should try this or that's wrong or mm. that's not the norm. You know, you're not conforming. But that's the thing is when people do end up conforming, it's when they maybe don't find the love of their life or they don't find real happiness because mm. they are conforming to something that actually isn't them. Um which is how I sometimes see things like that. And I think that's what happens a lot when you are excluded um, and you feel, you know, yeah. exclusion in any way, you know, mm. whatever, whatever it is, you know, being excluded from something can be, can be really, really difficult because then you sit back and you do then question everything. Cause that's mm. like, well, if I don't fit into X, Y, Z, where am I going to fit? What am I going to do? Especially if there are rules or lines and regulations, which make you feel even more excluded. Mm, absolutely yeah being in the minority and feeling you're in the minority sucks it really does um because what you feel is everyone's eyes are on you and they're judging you you know because you're you're not doing things right and you're not normal and you're not acceptable or whatever it is and that's a really isolating and tough place to be for anyone and and the fact is we've got millions of people around the world who are in that space right now and living from that place for all sorts of reasons you know because of their um uh, uh their identity around you know their sexual preferences or because of their racial background or because of something in terms of their ability or disability you know they feel like they're in the minority 
But the more we find our voice and the more we express our voice, the more we find actually we're not on the minority. <laughs> and it's very hard to find that. So finding that inner strength, and it's always there for us. You know, the more we can connect internally to what's going on in our inner dialogue, the better. And I've got better with that as I age, you know, as I've yeah. got older. But I wasn't good at that in the beginning. But sometimes when it's been a really important moment in my life, it's always come through for me. You know, because the next set of conversations I had after the employer one was obviously with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, less of an issue for Joy because she'd been out, but but my parents were um, from Ireland. They were both Catholics, had very strong religious views. My mother was quite dogmatic with her views about how things were and how you lived your life. So that conversation was an interesting one where I brought Joy and said, this is my love of my life. And mm-hmm. essentially were saying, suck it up. And they were saying, there's no way. <laughs> and it's like, okay. If it's no way, then that's fine. But, you know, I've made my choice and my choice is with joy and it is with the love that I feel for joy. So if I have to make a choice between my relationship with you as parents and my relationship with my new partner, I choose my new partner. And again, you know, there was a well of strength that helped me with that. But it's a very hard one, you know, to say I'm willing to cut the the ties that bind from childhood to to choose a new life is a, a tough one. And again, one, you know, there's lots of coming out conversations that children have to have with their parents. Mm-hmm. And but that can be a really, really tough one. And um, yeah, that, that's what happened. And I didn't lose the relationship with them. It was always strained after that, but I didn't lose it. Yeah. What would you say to somebody then that, you know, is in that position where they have either just told their parents or their loved ones, whoever it is that they were worried to tell. So say they have told them and it has strained things or they're about to and they're scared to do it. Mm. What 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 would you say to somebody that's that's there because they don't want to lose whoever it is, you know, that they're in love with, but they also don't want to lose the family or the friends that they're yeah. worried to tell. Yeah, I think that there's, um, there's, there's different ways of looking at this. But yeah, here's what I'd say is we if we think of it from a deeper perspective, we're here to live the fullest expression of who we are. Yeah. Full stop, all of us, the fullest expression of who we are. And if we know deep down there's a choice we need to make that is going to be fulfilling for us, that doesn't meet the expectations of family or friends or society or the church or whatever it is that, that actually is defining that for us, then we have a choice. We we decide to live a life which is a less than full expression of ourselves, but one that makes other people happy. So we, yeah. we, we project ourselves to make them happy. Or we say we've got to, we've got to um, burst their bubble of what and who we are, but actually make a decision which is allowing us to be the fullest expression of who we are. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's the, um, uh, that's the fracture point in our life. That's the point where we have to decide which way do we go. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got to work that out for ourselves. And for some people, they say, OK, I am going to go down the road, which is the road more travelled. I'm going to conform to other people's expectations yeah. so I can fit in with my family, with my church, with my group of friends. And and they then feel that they understand me because I'll project to them what they want. Or I can go down the left-hand road, the less travelled road, which is I say to them, sorry, I know that's what you want me to be, but that's not who I am, and I'm going to go down this road. I'd really like to come down the rest of the journey with me, but if you don't, I'm going to have to accept that. 
So, so they are two fracture points, and both of them mean that you can continue living your life, but it's just at what depth and at what level of satisfaction. Yeah, and I think the road less travelled, um, I think if you choose to go on to it, it can be one of the most eye-opening, fulfilling, um, purposeful, you know, travels and roads that you can ever go down. But mm. I think you don't necessarily see that at the beginning, but maybe once you are there, you, you, you're you on it and that's when you start to realise it. Mm. Yeah. And you know that saying, feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> it, it is one of those points where you've got to work out whether I want to grow beyond this adversity or not. Yeah. And not to say it isn't difficult. And sometimes, you know, if there's people listening and, you know, there's cultural issues or family issues, which mean that they won't be safe fully expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. They've got to think about that, about how, okay, how do I balance a point where I get to a point of safety and get to a point where there's enough support around me to fully express myself? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. you've got to have them considerations. But for most of us, our physical safety isn't the issue. It's our emotional issues. it is is what what is there beyond this challenge you know and, and that's a, a better question to have not how will my parents react or how will my friend react or how will society react it's more about what is there for me beyond this point of challenge that i can get to by growing into it yeah because i can say from my life what was it that there was that, that grew beyond it first of all was finding the love of my life secondly was getting a level of support in my life that was way beyond anything I'd experienced before and as a result of that I had a platform in which to grow you know which in which to grow emotionally intellectually from my career from the opportunities that came to me all of them things came because of that point of recognizing what was the choice I was making yeah, and it's interesting because I was just about to ask you, where did your life go after making this decision? Um, mm. And obviously now you've written, you know, you've written the books, you've written the the book, The Inclusion Edge, which obviously talks all about this, doesn't it? Mm. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's more books in me. I've always wanted to um, be, a, be a writer, but I've, I think it's more, what is it I have as experiences and understanding and insight that I can bring to other people? So I've been 23 years in business. And in that time, I've been working with different global companies on their big change challenges. Before that, I was a social worker. Within that, I helped, you know, people with multiple disabilities by running organizations and services. And and now I do much more coaching and, and uh, individual development as well. So the books are about how can people change their life positively? What can yeah. they do? What are the actions they can take to help them to move their life in the right direction? So the Inclusion Edge, I, I thought about it in terms of people who are in organisations, in business and want to make changes. But to be fair, it helps everyone. That's what I'm hearing yeah. from people. It doesn't matter whether you are in business or not. It makes us aware of our humanity it makes us aware of how we can find the compassion to recognize people who are in a situation that's more vulnerable for us because they're in some sort of minority group and how we can help them practically to live their best life by the actions that we take. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because that's that's the thing is it's whether it is your, you know, your sexuality or whether it's gender, whatever it is that makes you feel excluded, I think ironically what it is is you feel you can feel so excluded or you can feel so alone but there is so many people out there that 
are probably going through exactly the same thing yeah. as you, or even not exactly the same, so similar yeah. that actually it's not, it's not as lonely as you might think it is because there are people out there doing the exact same thing. It's, but it's finding those people and understanding that, you know, whatever you're going through, you're not alone. Correct. Absolutely. But, but you have to start expressing it to understand who them people yeah. are. So your tribe comes to you when you've <laughs> identified with the tribe. Yeah. But staying behind, you know, some some facade and pretending you're not part of that tribe means the tribe can't yeah. find you. Yeah, I like that. I like I like calling it a tribe. Mm. <laughs> and I think something really interesting that you said before is that you found this inner strength. Um, and I think everybody has this inner strength. Um, a lot of people don't know it. A lot of people have absolutely no idea where it is. And sometimes when they use it, some people have no idea where it even came from. But I do think everyone does have this deeper inner strength yes. from whatever it is, whether it, you're born with it or whether it's things that you've developed from your childhood and whatever you've been through. But sometimes you are, when you are forced to use it, you don't realize how strong you are. And I think a lot of people have that. It's, you know, the, you know again, like the quote, you, you, you know, you're stronger than you think. I do strongly believe that, is so true and that so many people are so much stronger than they think that they can get through a lot more than they will ever think they can't yeah yeah well hence your podcast your podcast is all <laughs> about encouraging people to see life in that way yeah. it's like it, it's not the challenge it's how you get over the challenge yeah. I got back up I mean it's brilliant um because yeah. that's absolutely true yeah. And I think you said right at the very beginning it's about when you're faced with challenges in life and yeah we don't all have a very easy road. Um, some people's might be slightly easier, but it is, it's, it's about being uncomfortable in, sorry, no, it's being comfortable in being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. So yeah. learning how to become comfortable in doing things that are uncomfortable. And when you do those things that are uncomfortable, that is when you see the changes. That's when, even if it's a small little change one day, that is when you start to see the changes is when you are putting yourself into those slightly uncomfortable positions that you thought you couldn't do or you didn't Absolutely. want to do. Yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, because it, it's never it's never the challenge that defines us. Yeah. It's how we respond to the challenge. That's what defines us is how we respond it's with everything, how we live our life, how we think about the world, how we respond to people around us. That's the definition of us so when yeah, yeah. we when we go deeper and think you know if we're experiencing you know if, we, if we're facing fear or experiencing something that feels overwhelming or has a really difficult decision to make the best thing we can do is is just go inwards as in just take some time and quietness and think what is the best thing I can do here yeah, yeah. that will be the thing that serves me Mm -hmm. what's the best thing I can do that serves me and we will always find something will come up some nudge or we'll find ourselves responding or we'll be looking at something or we'll be speaking to somebody that will just be the right thing for us yeah absolutely definitely and do you think also um do you think things maybe in your childhood helped you become you know oh, we, who you are today <laughs> without a doubt yeah. so I mentioned the stubborn streak um 
I came from a very difficult childhood. So it was a very dysfunctional family. It was in inner city Birmingham in a a council, um, in a council house, not exactly an estate, but near enough. And um, uh, as I said, my parents were Irish immigrants. So there was still a lot of tensions between English and Irish then, as there was with lots of other immigrants that had come over to England. And um, my father was an alcoholic, my mother was neurotic, I had a sister who had autism and was non-verbal. So there was lots of challenges in terms of um, the way that we were seen as a family, but also, yeah. the, you know, the very rough area we were in as well. And I had to find some strength in me pretty much every day <laughs> to get through yeah. things. I was bullied yeah. at school and things like that. And the strength was there. But what I also realised, and again, this is something to do with me, is... When I look back at my childhood, I don't see it as trauma. There was trauma in it, without a doubt. What I see was all of the things that made my life funny or enlightening or gave me experiences which brought huge insight when I went into the corporate world. So having that childhood, then going into social work and seeing lots of children in lots of horrendous situations, I have to say, and their difficulty meant that we can look at life in lots of ways but two ways we can look at it we can say life is crap and horrendous and there's nothing we can do to make it better or we can say gosh this is really difficult I wonder what I can do to make this better with ourselves with situations with other people and I think I've always gone into situations and said okay what can we do to make this better just a simple Mm -hmm. question and and as a result of that even with my childhood I see lots of glimmers of light lots of good positive situations amongst all of the other things that were crappy and as a result I don't carry trauma with me I don't have a huge lot of baggage about how or how awful I was what a victim was I just think god there were some funny situations there and if I can (laughs) key into them I can make almost any situation funny Yeah. And I think that's, you hit the nail on the head in a way that it's, it's finding, it's finding the tiniest, smallest of happiest moments Mm. in even the darkest of situations sometimes, because those tiny little moments are the moments that can carry you through. Yeah. Whether you see it or not, but they really can. Mm. Yeah. 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 You can, you, uh, you can hold on to them and, you know, whether it's in a week or a month or years to come, Mm. you'll look back at them and you'll just, if you know, if you held them, you know, close and you know, they made you happy, they'll make, they make you happy even in years to come. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, do you have any advice then for, you know, somebody that is going through, you know, especially within the minority, you know, somebody that is going through something um, and they, they don't have those glimmer of hopes yet, or they don't have those little moments and they just, they don't see the light yet. And they are worried about the future. Kind of what would you say to them? What I would say is, first of all, if if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling on your own, if you're feeling um, that there is no way out, um, is there's a few things. One of the things is acknowledge the fear acknowledge the fear that you feel because what happens with fear is we often push it aside and pretend it's not there and then that rules us the more we push away the more it actually rules us so acknowledge the fear but then then actually get behind it and say well what really am I fearful of what is the worst thing that can happen in this situation and then how would I cope with that worst outcome what would I do if that was the worst outcome that came now obviously we assume the worst outcome is somebody's going to die most of our outcomes are not that somebody is going to die clearly 
if that's the outcome, we need to think of something different. But it, 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 often the outcomes are to do with our job, to do with our career, to do with our family, to do with our relationships, um, to do with how other people see us. They're the things. And it's like once we can get beyond that, that worst outcome and say, but what else could happen? You know, and think about some of the things that could happen which aren't the worst outcome, that could be other outcomes. And that sitting in the possibility of something other than the worst outcome happening, sitting mm-hmm. in that and thinking about that. And then how would I feel if that was an outcome for me, as in something different from the worst outcome? How would I feel? What would that make me feel? And always follow the emotional path. We're often told we shouldn't let our heart rule our head. We absolutely should. Because the heart is the better intelligence. And there's loads of science telling us that now. It's not our brain. It's our heart is a better intelligence. Because following the emotional path, and I don't mean the fear, I mean the one of growth, will always lead us to a better outcome. But we have to sit in the pain and sit in the fear first and then look at, but what else is there? What else is behind that that I could get to that could help me to grow into the person I want to be? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing is the head, the head knows right or wrong. You know, the head knows what's right, what's wrong or, you know, but the heart is what, yeah, the heart is what makes you feel and it makes you think, well, this might be wrong or this might be right, but my heart knows what it wants. Yes. Um, Yeah, I like that. Follow your heart. (laughs) So is there anything else that you'd like to discuss today? Uh, no, I'd just like to say both the Female Edge and the Inclusion Edge are out there on Amazon. Um, and if I've inspired you to think differently about your life, do go and have a look at them. And um, I hope they'd be of value. Well, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Thank you, Talia. My pleasure as well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining me, Mary. Remember to pick up a copy of her book, The Inclusion Edge. So this week... Feel the fear and do it anyway. As long as you'll be safe, you've got to work out whether you want to grow beyond this adversity or not. And believe me, the road less travelled is a lot of fun. It can be very bumpy, but it's absolutely worth it. So thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.